Hello everyone, Krista and Hannah here with a brief message before we start the episode. We are on the third season of Keys to Music Learning and we have loved every second. Talking about audiation-based piano instruction is a passion of ours, if you couldn't tell, and we thank you for listening and keeping us going. We recently launched the Keys to Music Learning community. Similar to Patreon, this is a way to support the podcast and access bonuses, such as opportunities to attend podcast recordings and monthly meetings so you can pick our brains with your questions, share your successes, and connect with other teachers. Become a silent partner for only $3 a month or, to access the bonuses, a friend of the podcast for $5 a month. Join today at musiclearningacademy.com slash keys to music learning community. The link will be in our show notes. Thank you all for listening and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Keys to Music Learning. I'm Krista Yadro of Music Learning Academy. And I'm Hannah Mayo of Mayo Piano. Join us as we discuss common goals and challenges in the piano studio and offer research-based ideas and solutions to guide every one of your students to reach their full musical potential with audiation. Today, we're so excited to be chatting with Scarlett Kerr from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where she teaches privately from her independent studio, Music at 906 LLC, and is an active teacher, performer, artistic collaborator, and curriculum contributor. So welcome, Scarlett. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And we're so glad you're here. So could you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and perhaps a little bit about your music background? Sure. So I guess if we go back to the very beginning, I started taking piano lessons when I was four years old. And it wasn't by choice. My parents forced me to play an instrument because they couldn't take lessons themselves growing up. So they were determined to have all their children be involved in music. So I started when I was four. I hated it because I hated practicing. I wanted to go outside and play. <laughs> but it wasn't until I moved cross country that I, it was like one of those distance makes the heart grow fonder type of situations. And so I didn't have a piano for about nine months because it was still on the other side of the country. And when I got it, um, I just started kind of going to the piano, playing things I was learning in music class by ear. And then eventually, to my parents' surprise, I wanted to go back to piano lessons. And it kind of just stayed that way ever since. I couldn't keep myself away from a piano. So um, I grew up playing for choirs. Um, I grew up singing in choir, grew up playing in band and string ensembles. But piano was always my main love. So I ended up going to college for music. I got my Bachelor of Music at James Madison University in Harrisonburg, Virginia. And my emphasis was accompanying because I hated memorizing music. That was always a struggle for me. Same. Um, yeah. And I loved collaborating with people. I loved accompanying because I did that a lot through my childhood. So I decided to go that route. And then after that, I did a lot of accompanying for choirs and teaching. And I discovered while I was taking a pedagogy class in college, that I really loved teaching and was really fascinated by um, how I, you know, teach children music and how that works. And then I, after a gap year, I decided to get my master's degree 
and I got my master's in music and piano performance and pedagogy with an emphasis in injury preventive keyboard technique from Salem College. It's a very long title, but I have to say the whole thing because it's a very unique program. But um, yeah, so right now I just teach privately and I do I have done some accompanying on the side, but um, right now I'm just kind of focusing on teaching. Let me ask you about the age that you were whenever you decided that you wanted to go back to piano lessons. About how old were you? I was about eight years old, seven or eight years old. We moved. So I was, I was born in Utah. We moved to Virginia when I was seven. And then there was that, you know, almost a year long gap of not having a piano until my grandparents drove it across the country. So about eight years old. And I was um, just plunking out tunes at the piano that I was singing in my music class. And I would go to my music teacher and be like, I can play this on the piano. And she'd be like, oh, great. And so I would play it on the piano for everybody. And then um, eventually found myself a piano teacher who I absolutely loved. um, And I just kind of went from there. But over the course of my childhood, I went from being a good plunker by ear to a really good sight reader. So I was a fantastic sight reader. I still am. But my audiation kind of got lost along the way. And then I was um, always stressed about the idea of memorization because I was never required to do it much growing up. Um, So when it came time to do that for college auditions um, and even in college, that was just something that gave me so much anxiety. So um, having audiation come back into my life, knowing what it is, has made a huge difference for me. I know that was not the original question, but I'm just kind of thinking about it and like like a streamlined thought. I'm like, yeah, like thinking about my own childhood, I recognize like how much singing played a part in my education um, and how that just kind of transferred itself directly to the piano. But then that wasn't always incorporated naturally in my lessons. So yeah. (laughs) And then I was taught like everybody else. I can, I can relate to that. I grew up in choir and I think that that mm-hmm. really filled in a lot of those kind of audiational gaps, even though there were still tons later, but I think right. the singing really kind of <laughs> helped it be better than it could have been. So I absolutely relate to that. Thanks for telling us about that. And speaking of audiation, can you kind of tell us about your audiation journey and when you discovered music learning theory when you started using music moves and what that discovery process was like? Yeah. So going back to choir, when I was in college, I sang in the university um, chorale. I accompanied the university choruses. And they at JMU, it's a very much Kodai-based school. So every beginning of class, they would do a lot of audiation exercises. I guess that's how I would describe it, doing a lot of Kodai-based methods of training, of ear training, I guess, or audiating. And so um, I that definitely strengthened my audiation a lot more. But of course, with Kodai, it's, it's kind of intervallic. Um, but it still helped me with my sight singing. I was able to kind of use solfege to help me memorize like Bach counterpoint lines in my pieces, uh, memorizing music for marching band, because I was in marching band in college for a couple of years. And so as I went into teaching, I was trying to figure out how in the world can I incorporate this skill of audiation into piano lessons? Because I know it's important. I know it's helped me, but there's, I have no idea how to plug that in when I have all these other things I'm doing in these method books um, at the time. So that was something in the back of my mind, but it wasn't something that I was actively searching answers for. 
And when I started grad school in 2018, I was doing research for another presentation that a friend and I were doing for MTNA um, for their collegiate symposium. And it was about um, kind of sort of how to make your lesson planning kind of have more purposeful activities as opposed to you doing activities for the sake of doing activities um, in the lesson. Because you see all these presentations about games and activities you can do, but I it becomes so overwhelming that you think, what am I supposed to do with this? How is it supposed to help them progress in their learning? So our presentation was about how to, you know, choose what's important to you and make that into your planning. But in the process, we were talking about learning theories and stuff like that and how to, like, lesson plan around a curriculum. And I think I Googled literally learning theories music or music learning theories and there was a whole <laughs> a there was a document that popped up and there was like a chart and I don't remember what was on the chart but I definitely remember seeing Gordon's music learning theory and it's saying um focuses on audiation and I was like wait stop what does this mean and so I remember googling music learning theory and whenever I get caught up in a topic I am known to jump down a rabbit hole very easily I love Wikipediaing stuff and learning that way. So <laughs> I literally Googled music learning theory. I saw a podcast by Tim Topham pop up because he had an interview with Marilyn Lowe. Mm -hmm. I listened to that and I was just absolutely blown away. I um, knew that this is what I needed to be learning and what my students needed to be doing. And so I listened to that interview. I read Eric Bluestein's How Children Learn Music. And while it was so foreign to me, I, it, it also made sense because I saw how it was incorporated back to what I saw in college and how that applied to me with my, with singing ability and inner audiation. But I was just trying so much to like figure out how to put that with piano. And so after doing all this research, I decided to do like a research project for like a class in grad school about um, doing a qualitative study of music teachers who use music moves for piano. And in that process, I actually had to learn more about it. So I read all these articles by Cynthia Taggart more Gordon articles, Marilyn's articles. I just read so much about it. And eventually I finally had the courage to email Marilyn and <laughs> um, ask her uh, if I if she could answer any questions I had or what else I could be reading or could be doing to learn more about this. And um, she emailed back so quickly. I'm amazed. Um, and she said, thank you so much for reaching out. I am actually going to be out your direction um, because I have a son who lives in Greensboro, North Carolina, which is about 30 minutes away from me. And I have some connections there and might be doing a teacher's workshop. So stay tuned and I'll um, get back to you. And I said, OK. So then December came because it was going to be during the holiday season. And I reached out to her asking about more details. And she said, well, it didn't fall through, but you were more than welcome to come and um, sit down with me and ask any questions that you had. And I did. And we were there for three hours. And I think we were talking nonstop. It was just fantastic. I was just so excited to ask her all these questions. And she was excited to answer these questions. And I recorded that conversation because I knew it was going to be like a nugget of knowledge. On the, I remember going back and listening to it when I was making my drive up to Virginia for um, that conference that I ended up presenting for. And I was just trying to piece things together in my mind. <laughs> and it was a lot to take in at first, but I think it was just one of those things that when I decide to do something, I'm going to do it because this is exactly what I needed to do. So yeah, that's how I started my journey. And since then, it's been a matter of 
asking questions to her, reading things that she's put out, taking Krista's courses and seeing um, a lot of webinars through Music Learning Academy and Gimel, and finally, um, most recently, doing a PDLC. So I just continue to learn, and I'm just very grateful for Marilyn for taking the time to uh, sit down and answer those questions for me. I think it's amazing, too, that you started this journey by yourself. When you were doing all this research and going down all these rabbit holes, were you talking to anybody else? Or was Marilyn kind of that first person that you reached out to and really dove into it? Yeah, she was that first person. And at the same time, I, well, in the midst of my grad school courses, because um, I was studying something different but related, and I'll get to that later, but I was just kind of telling my my friends in school, like, oh my gosh, like, I've discovered this method of teaching, and it is absolutely fantastic, and it plugs so well with what we are learning when it comes to technique, because that's kind of what we were focused on in our graduate program. And everybody, of course, like, everyone's like, oh yeah, really, really cool, but and I, I just kept talking about it. <laughs> and, I, and I had to... Um, and I don't have to convince anybody, but I had to kind of explain it because, of course, it's foreign to anybody that comes across it. But once I had Marilyn join us for a pedagogy class, she, like, zoomed in. I think that was the beginning of her, everybody else's at, at Salem's journey. Um, mm-hmm. When they first met her, they met her for the first time and heard her speak. They were like, okay, I understand what our classmates have been talking about. I needed a little more for myself. So. so you actually got other teachers to kind of yeah. come over to the Music Moves audiation side of teaching. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And um, and I think it was kind of like the universe colliding because that um, she came and spoke to us or well, zoomed in and spoke to us in spring of 2019. In fall of 2019, there was another student who had joined the master's program from Canada, who was one of Janet Olson's former students. And so she had been introduced to Music Moves for Piano as well. And that fall, we had Marilyn come and do a workshop at Salem in person. And so it was just the right timing of the right-minded um, students. Because, of course, every cohort is different. Every cohort has their own um, priorities. But all of us at the time were really passionate about being good piano teachers, good pedagogues. And because we were so focused on the pedagogy of training motor skills and also training um, for good, healthy technique at the piano, that same process is embedded with music learning theory. So we were already on that same mindset. And um, we, all of us there were like, yeah, this is it. And so it was like a whole group of converters, I guess, to music learning theory. <laughs> and at the same time in Maryland, joined Salem College's graduate certificate program for interpretive keyboard technique. She was just as enthusiastic about it and in turn brought a lot of MLT or music news teachers to Salem's program with Dr. Barbara Lister Sink. And so we have this like small, unique, but and continually growing community of teachers that just kind of understand what it means to sequence not only like music learning, but also motor skill learning and try to tie that together at the same time. And I don't think I've ever met a, a group of teachers and more so within the, within the whole broad music moves community, whether or not they have been to Salem or not. I've never met a group of teachers who have been so mindful of how students learn in all aspects of life, not just music, but um, also like how they physically develop, how they mentally and emotionally develop. I've never seen that anywhere else in no other um, professional forum. 
So it's been an awesome journey to experience since fall of 2018. And here we are four years later. (laughs) Yeah, that is one of the beauties of our community is like, you're always hearing about what does the student need? Mm -hmm. My student Mm -hmm. needs this, or um, I have a student that's, this is happening with a student, please help. And less about, um, I need to be teaching this way, or how can I teach this, or how can I teach that, but more about how will they learn this? How will they learn that? Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And it really is a special community, too. And I don't know if you remember, but I met you in Quincy. Yes. Yeah. Right. Because Marilyn did a workshop there. That must have been, was that 2019 too? I don't know. I'm lost. Yeah. That was August, <laughs> I think 2019. And so that's when another classmate and I went up there and did it again. And I we learned even more. And so we just asked, we just wanted more <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think even now it's like, we could always be learning something new. Like I'm learning something new every day, but and it's hard to grasp at the beginnings. But I think the more that you hear someone talk about it and kind of walk through it with you, the more you're like, oh, okay, it clicks and it mm-hmm. clicks. Then you revisit it again later um, and it clicks. I'm trying to read uh, Learning Sukhas and Some Music right now. And I'm on like chapter five or six. And I remember when I attempted it, I attempted to read it back in 2018, everything was like over my head. It was almost like trying to read a, se- a different language, but I'm reading it in English, but I have no idea what's, what Gordon is saying. Now, when I come back to it four years later, I'm like, yes, yes. Oh, yes. That's what he's talking about. I understand this. I understand that. So if you've ever, anybody who's listening, if you've ever tried to read Learning Sequences of Music and have been absolutely overwhelmed, take a break from it, come back to it in the six months, a year, two years, and you'll actually, and it'll make more sense every time. Yeah, I think we go back to it at least once a year. Yeah. And it does make a little bit more sense. And I'm actually, since you brought it up about um, going to the PDLC this summer, we talk about PDLCs a lot on this podcast. And I think not everybody has a clear image of what that is. So maybe you could tell us just a little bit about your PDLC experience this summer. Yeah. I mean, technically it's not done because we have our (laughs) virtual, (laughs) we have our virtual sessions coming up. But this year I did the piano level one and um we uh, like 20 or 21 of us were in burlington massachusetts for a week and we were just learning about the practical aspects of using music learning theory in the piano studio so we um every morning we had musicianship time we sang we chanted we were the student essentially and we sang and audited in different tonalities we improvised singing and chanting in different tonalities. We learned how what a keyboard games lesson looks like and how we would set that up. And we would practice teaching that in groups. And we learned how to um, what the lesson plan looked like for book one and also did that in groups. And we talked about re- repertoire and how we would kind of scaffold the sequence of introducing a re- repertoire piece of the student, which having incorporated that in my studio immediately afterwards has been absolutely a game changer. I love it. I'm just, I got so much out of that PDLC. Oh my goodness. Um, we wrote our own chants. We wrote our own songs. We got to improvise at the piano from a piece from um, Music Moves. And it was just, I I always learned by being the student. And because I'm, I'm always watching what the t- teacher is doing. And, but at the same time, I'm also enjoying this experience of, as a student. And I got so much out of it because 
when you get to experience something, you're able to process it better and then be able to look at the, at the perspective of being a student. And that informs how you are as a teacher. I think if anybody is ever interested in PDLC, it's something they should do. Because you might, because I thought I knew a lot going into the PDLC. It turned out I knew like maybe like 5% of what, and I was like doing like 5% of what I should be doing. So my goal this year is to be doing like at least 25% of what I should be doing as a teacher. And there's always more and, you can, and it's going to be overwhelming at first, but I think you just kind of add these things little by little. And you're reminded when you go to these workshops and webinars or when you listen to podcasts of other things that you can be doing. And then you're, you'll be in a different state of mind at that point and that you can incorporate that. So, yeah, I had a fantastic time. And I'm looking forward to the virtual sessions um, starting this week to finish the PDLC. Yeah, we're going to dive more into the learning sequences and music also during yeah. the virtual sessions. So, oh, yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is there is an energy and um, that really can't be matched virtually when you're together with all of these other teachers. And as you said, um, you know, getting into the small groups, really connecting, teaching each other, getting each other's feedback. I think that's just so important. That's why there can never be, we've, ha- we've had people ask, there could never be an entirely virtual PDLC because we would not have that same experience with the musicianship and singing together. And it was just, there were a lot of wonderful and memorable moments um, as a group. Absolutely. Something very therapeutic about a group of people singing um, together where some are singing melody and some are singing bass line. And then we start adding harmony to these bass lines and we're singing in three-part harmony. I mean, you, it just, it, there's nothing like it. No, there isn't. It is so cool. I was like, we should start an audition acapella group and just do this. Like, I have thought the same thing. That'd we need, be so much we need fun. the Gordon Choir. <laughs> exactly. And the cool part is, is that not everybody is a choral singer, but they felt that they mm-hmm. can still contribute to singing. Like mm-hmm. singing is still that foundational aspect of it. And you don't necessarily have to be a choral singer to participate in that. And I thought that was awesome. And I just want to circle back to um, Eric Bluestein and the author of The Ways Children Learn Music. If anybody's interested in hearing him speak, he did an interview um, on the podcast Audiation in the Wild with Bo Talifert and Eric Rasmussen. Um, I highly recommend it. He's a really wonderful person to listen to. Very thoughtful. And um, I'm glad you brought that up so I can announce that. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard about that. I need to listen to that episode. So Scarlett, thanks so much for talking about your audiation journey, but we'd love to have you on for another episode to talk about your studies with Dr. Alyssa Sink and how you've combined what you've learned in her program with Music Moves for Piano. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Great. Thank you so much. And we'll see you soon.